From the team at CTS, this is the Train Ride Podcast, our show for endurance athletes who want to learn how to train more effectively and improve their performance. I'm Coach Adam Pulford, your host for the cycling edition of the show, where it's my job to interview top coaches, scientists, experts, and athletes in the world of cycling to bring you actionable training tips that you can apply to your own training. Now, let's dive into the show and learn how you can train right. This podcast episode is brought to you by ESI Grips. As coaches here at CTS, we spend many hours on the bike working with athletes at training camps, making the equipment we use extremely important. We need equipment that's high quality and built to last. That's why we ride with ESI Grips. Their RCT wrap and mountain bike grips are made in the USA and provide us with superior comfort, grip, and durability that we depend on. We've put ESI grips through the test on long switchback descents, roads riddled with potholes, rough gravel races, and techie Colorado mountain bike single track. And there's just no question, they are the best. You always have grip when you need it, cushion to your comfort, and you get to just enjoy the ride that much more. Gary and Maria, our friends and owners of ESI Grips, are giving you 35% off your next order with coupon code TRAINRIGHT. Head over to ESIGrips.com to get your discount and see why we love their grips so much. This episode of the TRAINRIGHT podcast is brought to you by Stages Cycling, the industry leader in accurate, reliable, and proven power meters and training devices. Stages Cycling offers the widest range of power meter makes and models to fit any bike, any drivetrain, and any rider. They're all manufactured in their Boulder, Colorado facility, and they've expanded their offerings to include the Stages Dash line of innovative and intuitive GPS cycling computers, covering a full range of training and workout-specific features to make your workouts go as smooth as possible. And now Stages is applying its decade of indoor cycling studio expertise with the new Stages Bike Smart Trainer. Check it all out at www.stagescycling.com. The concept of threshold has many nuanced forms and definitions in the world of physiology. There's lactate threshold, onsite of blood lactate accumulation, ventilatory threshold, critical power, anaerobic threshold, functional threshold power, the list goes on. And we can apply many of these terms to not only cycling, but to running, swimming, and other endurance sports as well. It can all be very confusing when you're trying to set up your own training program or understand what you're reading or listening to, like in this podcast. My goal today is to help clear up some of that confusion around this topic and describe how I work with athletes on building and developing functional threshold power. First, a few disclaimers. This is part one of a three-part how-to series where we first start with building FTP. The second will be how to build VO2 power. And the third final one will be to how to increase anaerobic capacity. Also, threshold training is not the only thing to consider here, and I I think that's obvious. Uh, In fact, I've done several episodes discussing the bigger picture of training concepts, developing all three energy systems, specificity of training, and a lot of other stuff. In particular, you can find that information on episodes 44, 46, and 48. On today's episode, I pull facts and resources from a variety of places Uh, during this episode. 
of which I cite on our landing page in the show notes. Mentors like Tim Cusick, Andy Coggin, Dean Golich, and a network of our CTS coaches have all contributed in some form or fashion, um, the way I like to think about it when I'm developing stuff like this that are, that are far-ranging. I've interviewed Tim actually on a few uh, episodes in the past, and I use the WKO5 software that he and Kevin Williams are the project managers for over at Training Peaks. Many of the concepts and terms that I'll be talking about are pretty familiar um, for those who have seen some of their stuff on YouTube with his webinars, which I'll encourage you to, if you want to go deep, I'll encourage you to go uh, check those out if you like what you're hearing here today. But I'm also pulling from CTF's methodology, human physiology, and my own experiences as a coach. Now, because human physiology is basically the most fun place to start, let's let's go right there. Very quick, a very quick overview of human physiology. I want to remind all of our listeners who already know, but uh, need a need a uh, refresher on the three energy systems in human physiology. And that is the ATP PCR system as number one. Number two is the glycolytic energy system. Number three is the aerobic or the oxidative system. Go back to the first one. The ATP system uses phosphogen primarily as a fuel source. It's used in fast movements like sprints that are one to five seconds in in nature. Okay, so really fast, high level efforts. The glycolytic energy system uses glycogen for a primary fuel source. Those are hard efforts that range between like six and 60 seconds. And and finally, the third, the aerobic or oxidative system uses oxygen as a primary fuel source. And these efforts uh, starting around that anaerobic crossover point, which for most of us are between 60 and 75 seconds. And you can see that on the slide that I'm showing right now. But here's the thing, like our body doesn't work as perfectly as that. We're not just in one of these energy systems at one time, okay? It's it's more complex than that. So while we're sprinting or time trialing or riding, running, swimming, listening to podcasts, we're always using phosphogen, glycogen, and oxygen to fuel our life. However, when we're trying to develop an adaptation to something and we're trying to develop performance, I want you to know how these systems work so that we can manipulate them and get the results that we desire. Let's go back to this concept of a threshold. In its very simplistic form, this is the point at which we have indicators to suggest that fatigue is starting. It's a blend of all three energy systems mostly glycolytic and oxidative. And the higher your threshold is, you can do your sport at a higher percentage of your VO2 max, which is the ceiling, thus making you generally better suited for your sport overall. And that's the point where you can then hone in on the specifics of your sport to optimize your performance. And that's why I wanted to start with how to build FTP. Now, before we really get into this more, uh, I always like to start with definitions and terminologies. So what is, what is FTP? Functional threshold power is the power that you can maintain in a steady manner for about an hour before you fatigue. 
can actually be a range of 35 to 65 minutes. And we'll explore that more here in a bit. It's steady in nature and we can test this. We can get really good estimates by going out there on the, on the bike and, and estimating where it's at. Or you can really go for it and do what I call finding your edge and going for that full 60, 60 plus minutes to see, you know, at max to see where it's at. Another terminology or a definition is something that many may not have heard before, unless you're listening to uh, some of Tim's stuff or, or my stuff here on the train right podcast, but it is called TTE or time to exhaustion. And it's the timestamp of how long you can currently hold your FTP. The key concept here, and you can see it on the slide as well, is there are now better ways to define and quantify performance for the individual athlete. It's not only just power or power to weight, but power duration for performance. And as you can see on the slide or those watching the YouTube version of this, uh, you can clearly see where the FTP and the TT timestamp is, as well as how the power duration curve starts to really change there, and it's going down. Effectively, it is a point in your performance where things change, and that thing is fatigue. You're getting fatigued, and it's very specific the way we measure it with the data and the analytics we have at our fingertips these days for most coaches. Now, there are two ways to build your FTP. I refer to them as intensive and extensive. And I will give a nod to Tim Cusick here. Uh, he's, you know, I'm sure there's other coaches that use these terms, um, but uh, he has developed that quite well. And I am, I am sharing or stealing uh, this concept you've heard on the podcast before. So, and it's also something that I teach to my athletes. Okay. So very simplistically, two ways to do it, intensive or extensive. What does that mean? When you build your FTP intensively, you're simply increasing your FTP power and you're not changing your TTE. When you build FTP extensively, you're increasing the duration that you can hold your FTP without changing the FTP itself. So effectively, you're just going longer. When people ask, well, how does that improve performance? And you can see this if you're watching on YouTube. I say, well, how can that change performance if I don't increase my functional threshold power, meaning intensively go, go up with the power? And I say, well, if all you can do is hold FTP for 35 minutes right now, and if we develop it so that you can go all the way out to 60 minutes, do you not think that that is a performance improvement? And when you start to think about it, you actually just doubled how long you can hold FTP, which is a huge improvement. Now, in the past, and in many athletes out there, they, they don't think about that time duration component of it. And I really want for the listeners here, I really want you to start to think about not only that absolute power that you're holding for functional threshold power, but also how long you can hold it. And then the balance of when do you want more power or when do you want the duration of that power? More on that as we go. So where do we start with all of this? If you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I'm a pretty big believer in uh, finding where you're at, finding your edge or field testing. 
there are two ways that you can structure your field testing. And I'll first start with what I do with my own athletes, and then I'll go toward a self-coached athlete, what I would recommend. So the first suggestion I have is to do one week of testing. I'll pull this up for everyone who's watching YouTube and for those listening and, and want more of a visual example, uh, I encourage you to, to pull it up when, when you can, but keep on listening because I'll walk through it with you. Here you can see just a general, uh, just a general week on training peaks where Monday we start with rest. I also give a description of what the, for my athletes, I'll give a description of what the whole week looks like. So you can see that on Monday too. Then we move into Tuesday and this is a five minute TT, five minute field test, five minutes at max. There we're testing the edges of that VO2 power for an athlete. On Wednesday, we go in and this is including warmups and cool downs and you can see the visual on there, but in just in general, Wednesday's 20 minute time trial at max. Thursday is easy recovery ride, or sometimes I'll put in a rest day. And then Friday is what I call neuromuscular and anaerobic capacity testing, where it's essentially three sprints. I use 20 seconds at max, and then I'll do a one minute maximum effort toward the end before a final cool down. And I use 20 seconds because really I, I want 15 seconds, but for some people who don't maybe know how to sprint very well. Um, it gives them opportunities. It gives them three tries effectively to get in a really good 15, 15 second effort. And for the minute, I'm basically looking for anything that is around that anaerobic crossover point to get that test. Now, the reason why I like to do a full week of testing in multiple, um, aspects on this power duration curve is because it tests all three energy systems and gives a really good representation of the various areas in the athlete's mean max power curve or their performance to give a really good current representation of where they're at. When I'm using WKO5 or if someone else is using uh, software programs that are similar with predictive analytics, you can then have better models of FTP, VO2, TTE and, and other things like this as you go to make your strategies uh, for developing this athlete. And these are the tools that I rely upon when I'm working with an athlete. Now, for those who don't use some of these other analytical tools, and maybe you're a self-coached athlete, what do you do? I suggest one day of coaching and, or sorry, one day, I suggest one day of testing and what you do is you go back to this week that I have up and you just basically take that 20 minute TT. Okay. Make sure that you come into it fresh, warm up, do what I call a few openers, which are just ramp up style, um, sprints that are not at max efforts. Okay. And that's to get the lactate system going and you do your 20 minute time trial from there. You take your highest average power or what we call mean max power from the test you multiply it by 95% and that will be your estimated FTP. Now let's talk about training zones real quick. I just want to walk you through this because this is also important when it comes to determining what the energy systems you're going to do or the zones that you're going to do in order to build your FTP. I'll pull this up and you take your FTP that you found from the field test and 95% again of that MMP 
and you put it into the Training Peaks calculator there where it says threshold. You choose CTS methodology or whichever method you prefer, hit calculate, and you get your training ranges. For me, when I'm working with an athlete, I round all of my ranges to the nearest five watt because it's easier for the athletes to remember. It's also a good reminder that when you're training, just like in energy systems and human physiology that we just talked about, it's more broad than we like to think. It's not just one watt. It's not as precise as that. Okay. <laughs> Life's just not as perfect as we want it to be sometimes. And that's why I like to round off. Now, now that we have our training zones established, it's time to take a look at training sessions and examples of how we're going to build FTP. Okay, so let's look at example training sessions. I'm pulling this up for everyone watching on YouTube. And really, the one of the great workouts I like to use to build FTP intensively is something that at CTS we call climbing repeat intervals. And again, intensive FTP builds. This is to try to increase your FTP, the absolute number. We're not as concerned about TTE right now. And so climbing repeat intervals generally are done at around 100 to 110% of FTP. When you're doing these, you want to aim for around 25 to 35 minutes of total time in zone or total work time. What that means is if, if we're doing, uh, say, three by eight minutes, that's 24 minutes of total work time, which is right around close enough to that 25 minutes. Four by eight would be 32 minutes of time in zone. And that's where I'm coming up with those numbers. The recovery periods should be at least a two to one work to rest ratio, meaning if you're doing eight minute intervals, you want at least four minutes. Sometimes I'll go uh, five or six minutes. I really want the athlete to produce good power on these. So a little bit more recovery is going to be, um, is going to be the way to go. And then again, some of these examples is three by eight, four by eight, four by six, five by six. And the goal of this whole workout is to, as I said, increase your FTP and do that work in a condensed amount of time. As the name insinuates, you'll be doing these on a hill, up and down, up and down, and you'll be going hard uphill. You'll be going easy and coasting downhill and maybe you circle around at the base before you go again. The key point here is harder is better. And I'll pull up some examples of this on training peaks once again, so you can see uh, real training examples of what I'm giving to my athletes. And I guide them each week by giving them descriptors of, if you're feeling good, go ahead and push a little higher power. Okay. Don't go longer because we're interested again in increasing FTP, but I also don't want them to go so hard that you can't complete the main set. So there's a bit of a pacing and a bit of a keeping yourself in check here. Okay. It's a really hard workout, but it's also not one where I want them to fail necessarily. We'll get into a workout like that come VO2 power time period. But again, climbing repeats, climbing repeat intervals are a great way to increase your power at FTP. Next, let's take a look at an example of an extensive FTP workout. For this, I use steady state intervals. These intervals are done at 95 to 105% of your FTP. You want to aim for 35 
to 60 minutes of time in zone. Recovery periods are about a two to one work to rest ratio. So you're actually uh, working a little bit more than you're recovering in this, in this scenario. Examples will include three by 12, two by 20, two by 30, one by 45, even one by 60. And I've talked about this concept on the, on the podcast before, but really when we're looking at something that's going to move the needle on your TTE, we want to start doing work that's going to push you beyond there. And that work can be cumulative with short recovery periods. So say like a three by 12, um, and I'll even go a little bit shorter, even down to like uh, four minute recovery periods to try to fatigue the system to do a lot of work in a short amount of time period. Or if the athlete is feeling good or they're training really good, I'll extend out toward past TT, their current TTE. So if you look at the example, this, this athlete, his current TTE is 35 minutes. So when fresh and he's and he's got an optimized FTP and things like this, I'm going to encourage this athlete to do intervals that go, that go beyond that TTE. So 35, 45, and even 60 minute intervals sub threshold will get that job done. The goal here is to extend the time that you can ride at FTP or increase your TTE. And when doing these, you know, the listeners, you know, you're probably listening to this and saying, where the heck am I going to do a 45 minute effort? Well, for those living in the West who have long hill climbs may not be an issue. For those of us living in the East or living in other parts where metropolitan areas, you're not going to get that time unless you've got flat stretches or loops where you can really rack that up. This is where inside training is awesome. I see a lot of people going into Zwift, you know, when, when the, uh, the cold starts to hit and they start to see these, they're hitting peak powers for 40, 50, 60, 70 minutes sometimes. And they say, well, uh, Zwift is an awesome training tool. Look at this. I just increased my power. Well, I say, well, you, you just haven't done that before. That's why you're hitting some of these, these peak powers because you've never put yourself in an environment where you're motivated without interruptions in order to hit that duration for power. And this, and that's a really good example, I think, for many listeners to, to really find that relationship between power duration and how it can be a very good performance indicator. Now, with extensive power training, the key point here is longer is better. And really, uh, for sub LT efforts, we want, we want to move that needle on TTE. So longer is better. Meaning if the athlete is feeling good on the day, I want them to extend. So if it is two by 20 and they're feeling really good, I'll say, let's do 25 minute efforts. Let's do 30 minute efforts. If you're feeling really good, because I want to, I want to move the needle. Okay. I really want them to push, but not more power. I want them to go longer. So now that you have those two examples of the workouts, intensive and extensive, it's time for you to plan your plan. What I mean by that is to, to lay it all out of how many weeks that you're going to be spending in, in these intensive or extensive uh, time periods. Ideally, you start building your FTP when you have a solid base period. And I have another episode on um, what a base period looks like. Okay. And that's going to probably take around 
minimal 12 weeks to get very fit to the point where all this threshold training is going to be very influential and, and good for the training. It doesn't really matter if you use intensive or extensive first. So when you're trying to decide if it's early in the season and you have a good base built up, I'd say choose whatever is a limiter or, or a weakness for you first. So, you know, if you're, uh, say a really good hill climber and your extensive power is awesome, but you don't, your FTP is not as high, or maybe the short punchy hill climbs aren't as good for you. That's when I would choose intensive first. And then the opposite is true. If you're really good on short hill climbs, but that, that extensive power isn't good, then I would choose extensive. Now, if you're maybe listening to this and you're coming up to a close race block, I would choose what's more specific to the event. So again, if the event has short, punchy, hard hill climbs, I would start with intensive FTP building. If it has long hill climbs or has uh, a, a really important time trial in a stage race or something like that, I would choose extensive FTP workouts first. But again, like I said, it, it doesn't matter either way uh, because in theory, we would just be aiming to build FTP and optimize so that it, then we can go on to a VO2 in a, a sports specificity phase thereafter. So say we choose extensive FTP building first. I'd want that to be a four to six week build of extensive FTP development. Then you would take one week easy before you would go into a four week intensive focus block. You'd take one week easy there again, and then you'd probably do another uh, field test, either a one day, 20 minute FTP test or a week of all the battery that I talked about. Okay. But all in, if you do this well, we're looking at around a 12 week period of training to build your FTP properly. Okay. So once you've established your, your plan, it's now time to establish your training pattern or what I call rhythm. Finding a pattern or rhythm that works with your daily routine or your body is going to maximize your success in training. And what I mean by that is how to get it all done in, in, a, in a work week. Okay. I cover the importance of this rhythm or finding the rhythm in depth in an episode with Tim Cusick. And I don't have the number in my show notes. It's either 44 or 46. So you'll have to go and, and look that one up. But let's take a look at a few examples and first starting with an extensive FTP build. I like to use a threshold training modality during this, during this period. And, and we talk in that episode too, we talk about what a threshold training modality uh, looks like and why we use it. But essentially, because we're doing sub-threshold, aerobic, and maybe up to threshold training, uh, I'd like to block days up back to back. This is because we're doing efforts that are, again, like I said, sub-threshold. And even though it's medium hard work, as long as you're sleeping, eating, and taking care of yourself, we should be able to do this back to back to back before we need uh, recovery or easy or rest day or something like this. And you can see the example here of hard, hard, endurance, easy. Oh, that's what a block would look like. And so I'm trying to overload the system before we really pull the reins back and take that that rest day. And then on the weekend, I'll, what I would do say, if we had a hard day on Tuesday, a hard day on Wednesday, a medium day on Thursday, Friday would be off. 
Saturday, I come back to another hard day. It might look like intervals, um, or it may be like I have here a hard threshold day with maybe a small group of people, a group ride of sorts. And then Sunday would be the endurance. And for those listening, the Tuesday and Wednesday workouts here, the example is three by 12, again, at 95 to 105% of FTP. And then the next day I would block it up with two by 15, again, at the same uh, power prescription before we would do like a zone two, three day on Thursday and then off on Friday. Saturday, Sunday, we do a bit of a mixed threshold with endurance work, and then we're off uh, with a recovery uh, rest day on Monday. Now, let's take a look at a few example weeks of what an, an intensive FTP build would look like. Here, I, I changed the modality to a polar, polarized training model, if you will. Okay. And it works better here because these are simply more intense intervals. Okay. We're taxing the, the muscular system more. We're depleting and draining the body a little bit more. And so it's better to have contrast to the work week, as I like to call it. And that contrast means basically hard every other day. Um, and this, this example I have is Monday is your rest day. Tuesday is a hard day. Wednesday is easy. Thursday is hard. Friday is easy. And then Saturday, an option of hard or a group ride. This is where I start to weave in group rides or maybe some specificity or short hill climbs. And then Sunday's endurance. Specifically Tuesday, I'm looking at a three by eight climbing repeat interval workout, which the intervals are done at hundred to 110% of the FTP. So pretty hard stuff. And then Wednesday is that recovery, uh, ride. And then Thursday, I come back to a four by six climbing repeat interval, hundred to 110% of FTP and a little bit of riding at the end of that before Friday is another easy day. What's going on there, and the reason why I walk you through that is because these training sessions will have either 36 to 48 hours of uh, recovery time. That means you're doing your work, you're sleeping, all this kind of stuff to replenish the glycogen, to replenish the muscles, and also reset the brain before you go back and start you know, smashing yourself against these hill climbs again. And so it's both the, the physical as well as the cognitive that needs restoration between these. And that's why I think the polarized model works a little better like this. In theory, the polarized model would probably only have two really hard days like this. And I would probably, if that's the case, I would, I would do more time in zone here. And that's and that the, the second week that you see here. Um, I up the game there four by eight. And then um, that should have been like a five by six on Thursday, but very intense days with very contrasted days in between. And I really wanted to walk you through that and show that as, as a visual. Okay, so as we're coming to a close, I want to say in summary, FTP is the power that you can produce in a steady manner for about an hour before you fatigue. It's best understood with TTE or time to exhaustion, which is the, sp the specific time that you can hold FTP and gives very good insights to the athlete's individual current physiology. We can build FTP in two ways intensively by increasing the power you can produce or extensively by extending the time that you can hold the same FTP power and both increase performance. 
It's best to know your current thresholds so that you can set up your individualized training zones before starting in on the training program. Plan out your training ahead of time so that you can stay focused on the why as well as the what of what you're doing in your training program. Finally, if you want to plan and build your FTP and you want to know where, where can I do this, uh, you can go and find training programs on Training Peaks. Just head over to trainingpeaks.com. You can find you can go into four athletes and you can type in my name and you can find examples like this here. And if you if you want more help with that, hire a coach. And and I know that's a that's a it's not a shameless plug. I mean, if you really want help, uh this the network of CTS coaches, we're it's our job. That's what we do. And I really encourage you to do that. If, if you're listening to this and, and it's, a, it's complicated, but it's also interesting and you want to learn more, hire a coach for a while, expedite your learning knowledge. And I think what you'll find is a really refreshing way of, uh, using all of this information, using this science to improve your performance. And then it will empower you when you go out on a bike and whether that's just playing super hard on the weekend with friends or going after that that stage win in the next race that you're, that you have coming up, um, brings a lot of joy to life and then brings a lot of joy when I'm coaching people <laughs> and finding, uh, and helping them in developing their performance. So sorry, shameless soft plug there. Uh, but there's a few ways that you can find, um, good guided ways to develop your athletic potential. And finally to wrap, um, that's it. You know, it's, it was actually a lot more than I was anticipating when I started to, uh, create this part one. Um, and we went a little bit longer today, but that's fine. I wanted to get all the information in. And, uh, this is how I think you best develop and build your FTP. And it's the best way that I could, uh, use this means of communication through podcast and YouTube to, to show you that. And really to, uh, to our listeners, thanks again for listening. Be sure to come back for part two. And if you want further, uh, deeper insights, go ahead and go to our landing page at trainright.com. And there I link to, um, several articles, uh, talking on, uh, different thresholds and, uh, other YouTubes, uh, that may help you in your journey. So, uh, coach AP over and out. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us this week on the Trainright Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to visit our website at trainright.com forward slash podcast, where you can find social links, bonus content, and more about CTS. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show and leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.